Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. All right, since there was such a big response last week about the topic of fun and whether or not we are having fun, I thought I would call in a fun expert of sorts. Uh, Lizzie LaRock <laughs> is uh, not only a fun expert, she is a genius at positive psychology and she is my coach and she is responsible for kicking me in the arse to get my membership going, for instance, <laughs> and coaching and all of that stuff. So um, you don't even know it, but you have Lizzie to thank for a lot of my offerings. So. And the podcast, which and the podcast. then I bailed on, right? But you, you, you did That's it. That's right. So. We had like a challenge. We had this challenge that what, what, what did we, we had to burn $100 if we missed burn the Burn a $100 bill. So we both launched and I kept going and Lizzie needs another challenge. <laughs> In my defense, I did end up having that um, vocal cord issue and I did That's have right. surgery and whatnot. Yes. But yeah, it's been a but little- you're back was, and you're back. I'm, you're back. I'm back. I can speak. I can have fun. I can do all the things. And what is but the name yeah. of your podcast? Well, or at least share it while you're introducing the, yourself way better the than the Life I can. Feast podcast, Julie Bacon. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you can you can feast on life with me. That's where the positive psychology comes in. That I love this version of this lit up, fully engaged, present life that um I like to say I'm not always an expert in in real, in real life. <laughs> I, have my, I have my moments of stress and I have my moments of challenges. I was laughing as I thought, oh, well, if my husband listens to this podcast interview, he'd be like, wait, she's the fun expert? When, <laughs> when is that? When does that happen? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, you know, life can get lifey on us in a hot second. And so I love to teach this what I call the life feast and of how to really just not be on autopilot and fun is, is part of that. So I love yeah, that my program is a life feast. My podcast is the life feast coming back in 2023, unless, or Julie's going to make me burn a hundred dollar bill. So I will, I will for sure. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that we had, I had this podcast last week and we were talking about fun and it came out of a client conversation as many of my podcast topics do. And we were just talking about the fact of like, should we be having fun? Like, is sport fun? Is it when you're going for goals and dreams and you're working on all of these things, like how much fun are we having? And, or should we be like, it also like it, it, it came up that like fun is a really subjective word. Um, and so yeah. all of that stuff kind of came up and out of that, then I got a lot of feedback about 
wow, I really needed that. Also, like I felt like it gave permission to people to be saying, well, no, I can enjoy something, yet it not always be fun. And so I we I think we need help. I need I think we need help figuring out like, should it be fun? What is fun? I I don't know. And jump in. Yeah. Like, what is the meaning of life right yeah. here? What happens to us <laughs> yes. when we die? How do we exactly. have fun? So just the basics. Right. Just, the, just the basics. The just questions. some light conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, yeah. So I want to I want to start by just sharing with your listeners what positive psychology is. And so the framework so that you can see where, where fun fits into it. Please. And yes. So the the positive psychology um is about really flourishing in life rather than languishing. And it is, a, it is, we say that in traditional psychology or clinical psychology, if you're going to a therapist, which I think is a wonderful thing, but really therapy is there to take you from below baseline to baseline. So sort of a point of neutrality and positive psychology is where coaching comes in and all the work that you and I do of like optimizing life and going north of neutral. And so this uh, Dr. Martin Seligman is really kind of the founder of positive psychology and out of University of Pennsylvania. And his model is called the PERMA model. And it stands for positivity engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And mm. so it's, <laughs> so these are these five pillars within this PERMA model. And what I like to say is, you know, the, the P part is not about being positive all the time. That's kind of a delusional state. That's the, the misnomer of what positive psychology might be. It's about being resilient. It's about learning how to get unstuck. It's mm -hmm. about understanding that life throws you curveballs, and, you know, how do you then go get playful again and, and yep. go fetch? <laughs> right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Metaphor. And then the, the E in the the PERMA model is all about engagement and it's about how to have this flow state, this fully lit up version of life where you're just not on autopilot or mindlessly scrolling, right? That's yep. what we all spend so much time. So, you know, participating in the, the dog handling world is right there, like a form of engagement that isn't a passive version of, of, entertainment, right? Like when you are the handler out there right. doing the, the agility, you are engaged. So, and that's not to say that we don't all have those moments where we then just want to go watch an event or, or go watch some Netflix, but sure. just that your, your whole life, when you're kind of a, a spectator rather than a participant, you are missing out on this engagement piece. And then there's our relationships. You know, the R in positive psychology is really just saying that at the end of our lives, like our relationships are what matter the, the most to us. So whether that's our relationship with our you know family or our relationships with our fur babies or our relationships with you know within the sport like that's what brings us so much meaning is that connection which is a key yep. piece in this in this fun bit and then the m is for meaning like what brings us meaning purpose like little purpose big purpose so all of the things that that we do love to do, like within the dog agility world. 
And, um, and then, you know, other things in life that bring us meaning, rather our spirituality or reading or things that, I don't know, any number of, of activities. And then what you're so great at the, a, the achievements, the goal setting, the accomplishments, you know, what gives us direction, a forward direction to pick a point of where we want to go and who do we become in that process, right? Like I know you talk about this so much in your goal setting of of really, is it all about the outcome or is it also who you are becoming in that? So goals give us that direction. Any number, any one of these PERMA frameworks, like if you have too much of it, right, it's, it's gonna be, yeah. it's like eating too much candy all the time. It's a balance. So these are the aspects of a flourishing life. Does that all, does that all make yeah, no, it's fabulous. And I can see the mindset, our, the mindset work that we talk about in many of those letters, right? In that acronym yeah. all over the place, like from resilience to, you know, from resilience to achievement, right? And and everything in between. And it does remind me of a something I put in a newsletter in a recent article, which was when you talked about balance, this concept of like the rule of thirds, which I had never heard of. I don't even know if it's a real thing or if it's a story, but it was a story I heard. And it was a story that was told from an Olympic athlete perspective. And she said that her coach, after a particularly hard practice, and she was feeling bad, it was a bad practice. She had a big competition coming up and she was like doubting herself, like the whole thing. And basically he said, look, when you're going after a big goal or a big dream or something like that, he's like, it's rule of thirds. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, third of the time you're supposed to feel good a third of the time you feel okay. And a third of the time you're going to feel crappy. And he's like, if it's out of balance, it doesn't work because if it's too much good, you're not pushing hard enough. Now, of course, he's talking from a coach point and he's like pushing to get better, like pushing out of your comfort zone. And and if it's too bad, you're going to get fatigued and frustrated and you won't even want to do it anymore. And there's like no joy and whatever. And if there's too much in the middle, you're not feeling anything. You're just not feeling anything one way or the other. You don't feel like you're pushing or improving, but you don't feel like you're enjoying it either. So when you say balance, that story is just right on the tip of my brain lately because it I heard it on the heels of this whole fun conversation and so and so. Yeah, I love that. I hadn't I hadn't heard it either. Well, I've heard of the rule of thirds because as you know, I'm a photographer and we use that as a Yes, differently. Technique. Yes, but exactly. I had, and and it's interesting <laughs> to think of it that way of like, yeah, it's how you're, you know, you balance kind of the visual material in a photo. Yeah. I hadn't heard it used in that way, but I, I completely agree with her with it and I love that 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 tool to think about it of yeah, and I think when we set our expectations that like life is supposed to be fun and giddy 24 seven, then you end up, you know, yeah. it's that forced, forced family fun as you're like, yes. are we having fun yes. yet? You know, you picture Chevy Chase in vacation like, <laughs> yes. at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> like, We're going to have some fun, darn yeah. it. And instead of like knowing that there are these other pieces to life that aren't always going to feel fun, but maybe they bring us meaning and maybe they bring us a purpose in a different, in a different way. And it's the overall package of what, what helps us to flourish. But I love there's, so there's this woman 
So I taught this whole workshop on fun in my Life Feast program a couple of years ago, and it was coming right on the heels of the pandemic. And it was like, nobody was having a lot of Nobody's fun. Nobody was having and fun. Nobody. It was yeah. like like those first, you know, weeks of lockdown, maybe we're getting creative. We are having yeah. fun and being Oh, silly it's going to be then... two weeks. It's going to be so yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. And a year later, we're like, this right. is just no longer fun. And, um, and it was, it was funny because my kids took this picture of me that I had been on my bed with my laptop doing research on fun. Cause that sounds fun. Right. <laughs> and I fell asleep and they took this photo and I'm like wrapped in the comforter with my laptop. And I had captioned it for my workshop. Like this is, this is how fun this is how this fun, is how fun looks, looks for me right now. I am completely asleep, exhausted, worn out and you know trying to trying to actually tell people about the science of fun <laughs> so i think it's just good to note that there are times when um and and truly the scenario had been that i had done as you know i do this two week theater uh yes commitment once a year and this is where i write your listeners are going to be like this woman is nuts but i write comedy i write parodies about my life. And it's a big fundraiser in our town and we perform for like 600 people. It's two weeks. It's really intense. It's very fun. And it is exhausting. And I had come off of the heels of that and I just crashed and burned because I can't, yeah. I can't um, live at that level. To note, you crash and burn every year after this. <laughs> like, I do. It is, I it do. takes so much out of you, but also it's the most fun you have all year. It's the most fun. And it is this I think of it as like, like a fun booster shot. Like it's like an inoculation. Mm, I of, love that. It, it increases my joy so much that when things are difficult, I can reflect back on, yeah, this was, this was an incredible amount of fun. And as I said though, but I can't live at that level 24 hours a day. No, but I'm literally writing down like, what's your booster shot? Because I want to be able to ask clients that in the future, like what's your inoculation? What's your booster shot? Because it doesn't last forever. Fun isn't all the time. Like, never mind. Keep going. I'm just writing that down because I think what's your booster shot is a really good question. Good question. So I love that. Is it is what inoculates you. This is what increases our resilience, right? So to knowing that life is going to be difficult and have challenges and that that also does bring us meaning and purpose when we overcome those challenges. Like we feel proud, we feel good about ourselves, or maybe we feel connection and, and meaning with someone else in in commiserating about it and knowing that you do, like you said, that balance, like you have to have those, that third of just, wow, a complete unabashed fun to offset what's inevitably going to happen in the rest of your day. So you don't just yeah. get dragged down by life. Um, I'll say two things on that. So in positive psychology, we talk about this positivity ratio. This comes from a woman, Barbara Fredrickson. And what she says is that because of our inherent negativity bias, because the things that do go wrong, you know, our survival depended on us noticing yep. them and remembering them and knowing which berries were poisonous, where the tiger hung out, all that, that we do actually have to triple the good stuff in our life for every, like, so it's a three to one ratio. So three good for every one crummy thing, because you, your, your Velcro for what is 
bad in your life and you are Teflon for yeah. what's good. It just yeah. slides right it's off true. of you. Yeah. So your fun, the reason why fun is so fun and so helpful to us, I think is because it's really powerful. And when you think about those times in life that were exponentially fun, like my cabaret two weeks, like that's a really out of this world time. It's not just, oh, I walked my dog and it was fun. Like that's sort of that yeah, like an enjoyable activity, but maybe it wasn't the most fun I've ever had in my life. Does that make sense? So yeah, but it makes me ask the question is like, is fun extraordinary then? Like is fun an exception? Not that you shouldn't be striving to have a good time, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things in my head. First of all, I feel like we're putting too much pressure on fun. And Mm -hmm. secondly, fun is how we're defining it feels extraordinary. Yeah. And so there's this woman named Catherine Price and she's written a book. I think it's called The Power of Fun. Um, And she is a writer who did research on this topic as, as well of feeling like she was on her phone too much. She was a new mom. She was not having a whole lot of fun in, in life. And she decided to kind of delve deep into what fun stories of people fun. And she did thousands, Mm. thousands of surveys. And what she came up with were these three factors. And I absolutely love her definition. So instead of that, you know, Miriam Webster that you talked about in the last podcast of, you know, lighthearted, frivolous joy or whatever it was. Yeah. That hers, her definition of fun from talking to these thousands of people was that it is a confluence of flow state, connection, and play. Ooh. So okay. if you think about it, so in, when I talked about the PERMA model of positive psychology, the engagement piece is what we refer to as flow state, right? And I know that your handlers are going to know what this is immediately. Oh, yeah, that's sport. Exactly it's exactly what, what we strive doing. for. You, yeah, yeah right. you're in a flow state. And yes. I always use the example of like, if you were a good tennis player and you were playing tennis against Serena Williams, you know, it's too hard that, that I don't care how good you are, like it's, she's going to kick your butt and you're not in a flow state because the challenge is too great. And if you're playing tennis against a four-year-old, it's too easy. And that challenge is not going to be great. So it is that Goldilocks sweet spot of, of being engaged because it is a little bit hard and that that is actually fun to us. But you're also fully present in those moments. You're fully fully present. Exactly. So what Catherine talks about, these other two factors of fun, these stories of fun that people would describe also had this element of playfulness. So part of that, that Webster dictionary, like lighthearted playfulness. But then the, the third piece was this connection. And I think that this is a really fascinating piece, um, especially for you, you and I, Mm -hmm. as, as former marketers, uh, because like beer commercials and whatnot are are <laughs> on to this and they bring in the like it's Miller time or whatever with all your friends around because right. otherwise the fun is just an addiction, right? It's well, just it, yeah, this, drinking alone is not pretty. <laughs> yeah. So it's just and so in, in any of those things, like like our fun is multiplied when yeah. we are with 
connecting with other people. So with the handlers, I was thinking well, and about us with the dogs, the, right? Like the dogs for us, like a the- really great run. Like usually most handlers will describe it as like, you were so connected with your dog. You were in flow. It was playful. Like, yeah. I mean, like if yeah. you're saying that I'm like, okay, finally I have my personal definition of Fine. fun. Like this is working for right? me. Three things. Yeah. Isn't it great? And yeah. so, and you think about too, like you think about as a handler, the joy that you experience, I would guess, when you're actually in the competition as well. So you have the audience and you have, you know, your your colleagues that you're that you're participating with, like that there's if you're in a stadium by yourself and you're running the course, like well, it depends on your nerve. Sometimes you want to would rather be by yourself and not have anyone watch. So but- but you that, know, our that, listeners are probably all over the map on that, but yes, I see where you're headed. <laughs> you so when you think about like, um, oh my gosh, I was, I found something on Facebook the other day that was so hysterically funny. And it was like, someone had a spam account and, you know, he was, took this, this person who was trying to like basically hack him and get a free okay. gift card or something. And he's like, goes into this whole you know, his brother's been possessed by a demon. It's this hysterical thing. I was reading it and thinking, yeah, this is funny. Like I'm laughing. I'm being entertained by this guy's joke. It's not, I wouldn't categorize it as fun because if I were standing there with, with my husband and he's reading it with me and we're both laughing hysterically. Now you have connection. Now we have connection. Now we, you know, we maybe don't have entirely the the flow state piece but we're getting closer if that well you're fully sense. present you're fully present at least from the flow state yeah. piece of it so maybe yeah i can absolutely I can see that yeah there aren't distractions i am fully engaged in this guy's like taking this troll this on a wild thing. ride right and it's yeah. hilariously funny but it is funnier it is a more enjoyable experience when it's when it's shared in in right. some way I love so, that. Yeah. So I love that, that she really dials it into these three factors and to yeah. say that that doesn't mean that like, I know that you're a quilter and you love quilting. That's not to say like, well, you shouldn't quilt unless you've got a whole bunch of people around and they're packing right. jokes <laughs> and it's like suddenly. Well, but it's funny, you know, like I do like to quilt and I do get in the flow state. Like one of the ways I use quilting actually as an example of flow state because it's one of those things where I'm fully present and I forget what time is. Like my dogs mm-hmm. would be staring at me like, can we go to bed now? Because I don't realize that it's midnight and I'm just like happily making straight lines and like, yeah. it's very relaxing. And the connection though, in that moment comes from the fact that like, there's other people I do this with, even though we're not in the same room. Like some people do it in with people like in physically the same room, but I just, I share a hobby with other people who are doing this. So I think sometimes the reason I bring that up is I think sometimes that handling dog handling is kind of a weirdly uh, lonely thing because while we're with humans and surrounded by people and other dogs, especially when we're competing, sometimes we feel like we're on our own in our struggles and how we are, um, how we are going through the world that we feel like, you know, just so uniquely alone. And so I've, I've had that 
kind of response too, that it, it can sometimes feel lonely. And I think that's a part of the not having fun because you're missing that connection piece. You have the connection piece yeah. with your dog, but not really being able to share or vent even, or have a safe space, or maybe there's toxic people around or whatever it is that that connection piece of it is broken. So yeah. I well, mean, right now I'm really, loving like, this like definition. Yeah. And like we said from the beginning, really the goal of life is not to have fun 24 hours a day. It is to have this whole, this, you know, whole dinner plate, if you will, of experience of the, the being able to be resilient and get unstuck, to be fully engaged, to have relationships, to have things that bring you meaning and to have goals that give you direction. And, you know, you feel proud of like that's, those are all the pieces of this flourishing life. I think that the marketers, right? Like (laughs) tell us, unless we're having fun and it's Miller time, like you must be just a sad, sorry sack of whatever. But I also think like, that's a great example because not only are those TV commercials, you know, featuring a lot of connection, but they look like um, carefree, no responsibility, Um, there's nothing else in the world that those people are worried about other than like being at the bar with their buddies, knocking back another one. And that, that just keeps perpetuating kind of an unrealistic view of fun. Like, like looking at those people, like that has never been my personal idea of fun, but like, I get it. I get what you're selling there, Miller. Like I get it. Um, you know, but my version of fun looks different and yet society you know, just kind of, you know, has taught us what it's quote supposed to look like. So then we adopt all these definitions that don't really feel. Yeah. But we adopt definitions that don't fit our lives or our version of fun. Yeah, exactly. And, and to say that again, it's it's, the whole point is not to have fun 24 seven. It's like, okay, you need this little booster shot of fun because they are these moments where you feel really fully alive and engaged and lit up and joyful. And it is this, this whole confluence of, oh, wow, all these factors come together. Now that's to say like, so let's say you're quilting at night and it's just this beautiful, calming thing. And the dogs, you're just all having this lovely evening, but two weeks from now you go to a, I'm just making this up, but like a quilting (laughs) marathon and it's you're gamified and you're having contests and people are laughing and you're, you're in the flow state, but you're also having this wild raucous different. Right. You suddenly start and you're being playful because you're being lighthearted. You can see where your definition of, okay, that was fun versus the calming Yeah. Well, and also, but it speaks exactly to the point that like, even within your own life, your own hobbies, fun is not a formula. It's going to look different. I mean, it has these components and I love having Mm -hmm. these components to it because that really, I know that helps me because I think sometimes we just have trouble putting vocabulary to it. Right. So that helps me with the vocabulary and I love it. But like fun is going to look different a lot of the time. Well, and it's a feeling, right? Like, yeah. you know, that you can, Very you can be doing the same activity with your dog and you can be having fun and you can also be doing the same activity with your dog and it feels like a total nightmare. Right. It's and so frustrating. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a subjective yeah. experience so, of what brings the ingredients that bring this feeling of fun right. about versus a feeling of being proud or a feeling of resilience or, you know, just, yeah. 
Hopefully this that makes perfect. sense. It does make sense. It's, it's actually perfect. And I want to address one bit of feedback though, specifically that I got from the last podcast, um, because I think it, it works with this. Um, so one of the reasons, or one of the things I heard a lot back was that, um, a lot of people feel like they've had moments of fun when they didn't care about the outcome, mm-hmm. you know, and that letting that, the the times that they had fun, yeah, great puppy eating microphone, um, oh, cute. <laughs> the times that they had fun literally were like that. They said, don't care that they did not care about the outcome. And so talk about that for, I mean, you know, my audience, you understand that like performance and walking into the ring and not caring about the outcome. So talk about the, the, I don't know, the influence or the relationship between fun and outcome, like yeah. how that well, I goes think together or the, works against each other. I don't know. I, I think that's where the playfulness piece comes in a little bit. And I would use the language with those people that maybe it's not that they didn't care about the outcome, but they were able to be a much more playful version mm, of themselves, yeah. which let's yep. go that. I think it's important to note that we all do have our own brand of what brings us fun. So when I described to say my husband that I'm going to go write comedy parodies and sing Bon Jovi songs in front of 600 people about mom <laughs> right. life, making fun of myself. He's like, that sounds horrible and right. like the least fun thing on the planet. And I'm like, this sounds like so much fun going to play a football game or something sounds pretty horrible to me. And you know, that would be fun to him. So I think it's important to note there are people who might feel more introverted and they like small groups of, of fun. Like this is what are the conditions of your own brand of fun? Right. So it sounds to me like, I think that for, for you and some other competitors, that outcome does make it more fun. Like it is what you're like. Yeah. I mean, to me, like I like going for it. Right. It's why I, it's literally why I created like so much like content and a whole planner and like all this around goals is I think that having a, a way through a path to your goals is fun. But when I listen to your model, it's because it's rewarding right? It yeah. has, it has a value to it. It's rewarding. But when I think about when I, when I hear like in my mind, how people have said like, oh, I was having fun because I didn't care about the outcome. I think you said it perfectly. It's because they allowed play to come in. Yeah. And when they're chasing goals, they're not maybe allowing play to come in because they're being so serious about their goal. Like they're being yes. so serious about their their achievements and what they're after and the, uh, serious about that particular run and whatever that they can't allow yeah. fun in. Right. And we can, and we can both pro- probably fully understand that. Like if you're beating yourself up in the process, it's that you're not having fun. <laughs> That's actually not right. a fun part. If you're challenged and you're revved up by that goal, like that can be fun and playful, but it's not, not for everyone. And I'll say with myself, like I'm not a incredibly sports competitive kind of person. And I've always had that belief about myself, right? Like, oh, I'm not that great at sports. This isn't, you know, I'm not that right. competitive. But my husband's really athletic. My kids are, they're really good. And it just, it 
it doesn't even feel fun to me because I can't, I can't get into the flow state, right? Like it just feels too hard. Well, you can't get in a flow state and you're not successful. Yeah. So I feel just crummy. But last summer we played pickleball, which um, joining the revolution pretty fun. Yes. And it was my husband's birthday and we had played a few months before and I was not having a lot of fun. And so we, we played this one day and we played with our kids and, you know, it was, it was fine. And the kids left. And then these two guys challenged us to a, like a doubles. And I thought, oh, this sounds awful. Now I'm just going to feel bad the whole time that I'm going (laughs) to let you know, Matt down or I'm not whatever. And the one guy said, well, we'll switch it up. I'll be with your wife and you can be with this other guy, Bill, oh. this little bit older guy. And I thought, oh no, this feels like even more pressure. Now I'm in a, you know, right. feel bad that I've screwed up this guy's game. And we get out there and we are playing and he's a really good pickleballer and we are crushing my husband and the other guy. And I was having so much fun. <laughs> and Matt looked at me and goes, oh, I thought you were tired. I thought your hip hurt. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you didn't want to do this. And yeah. he's like, it's my birthday. You, we're, we're playing. He's like, you can't walk away the winner. Like I'm going to win eventually. And I was like, oh my God, who knew? Who knew this could be who so knew? fun? Well, and so, you didn't choose those conditions. Those conditions no. chose you. Like you, that wasn't your choice. On me. Right. And if it wasn't his birthday, I wouldn't have felt so guilty. Like I just go, I just do want to go home. You know, <laughs> I, so I think that we can influence our own fun level by our preconceived notions about who we are. And, right. who, you know, when I allowed myself for me being more playful was actually enjoying the outcome and being like, I do want to win. And that's well, not normally my MO. Same. I'm wired the same. And the last thing it brings up for me is another comment I heard is that I feel like sometimes we have to defend what we think is fun. So like, uh, yeah. you know, my clients love, they'll come home from a trial and their husband will be like, or significant other will be like, you know, how did it go? Did you have fun? And you look at them like, well, to you, I didn't have fun, but to me, I had fun. Like that's the immediate filter. And so then you either justify it or you're like, I mean, it went okay. Or it went because you think like, oh, they won't get it or they won't understand it. And in a social media culture, I feel like we have to be able to defend our definition of fun when we could just have had a great weekend with a young dog who basically made a mistake every three seconds, but we still had a good time. But since it's not outwardly easily defendable, then we can't say that was fun. Like it's so it's just or it's almost like the pressure of you have to defend your participation in the sport that it's got to be fun or you shouldn't be be doing it. Right. To go back to that perma model of, you know, there might be a lot of other reasons why you're doing it. Fun is part of it. Or it's not always fun. Or it's the meaning or the fact that it it is a, a goal. You know, I always like to say to people, and this goes back to just kind of that passive fun, consumption fun, spectator fun that you're like, it's like a a digital junk. It's not digital. I mean, it's a junk food version of of fun. So you're like, okay, eating potato chips all day might feel pleasurable in the moment, but we know we're going to feel crummy afterwards. That's junk food fun. So you would say, okay, I went and participated in this in this competition, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but I rose to the challenge. I had some laughs. I 
this brought me meaning. I met my process goals, relationships with my friends, all these different things. Or you could say, yeah, I just binge watch Netflix all weekend. (laughs) And that was entertaining. It's this passive fun. So I, I think everyone in our life doesn't always understand, you know, we might be engaging in activities and the point of it isn't just the fun. It's not, yeah only worth the money if we were having fun. It's it's right. a flourishing life. So it has other components to it of why like you're doing it. the activity. But like you said, in the rule of thirds, which I absolutely love, if it's never fun and it's, you're, you're doing right. this for the, to make, enhance your life and it's stopped being fun because you are beating yourself too, uh, up too much. You aren't being playful. You aren't bringing in, that joy, like, yeah, yeah, you do need to switch things well, up. I agree. And you know, it goes back to your why. Like I always have people when they're setting their goals, like to really go through, like, why are you doing this? Right. And the other thing that I have people do is, and, and I incorporated this into my planner for like every month to do this, which is like, what are your joy goals for the month? And what are your Love dog's that. joy goals? Like what do you, what brings you joy, but also what brings your dog's joy that you are going to schedule in if that's how it has to be right if it doesn't come naturally to you like make sure you're making time to do something that brings you joy does it have to be fun like my if my dogs want to go swimming it's cold to me outside I don't want to do that that sounds like a pain in the ass to like load up three Bernie's mountain dogs get them soaking wet come home have to bathe three Bernie's mountain dogs and then dry them does that sound fun to me it's not great but do they love it? hundred percent. Do I love watching them love it? A hundred percent. Is that on yeah. my list of joy goals for them? Yes. A thousand percent. So it just changes our perspective and why we do things, but sometimes we have to think of them a little more consciously than yeah. instead of get into that like mindless weekend after weekend after weekend thing, you know? Well, and so. it's, it's, it's funny to point out that like in that scenario, that exact scenario, and so many scenarios of what really constitutes fun is it's not comfortable, right? Like sitting on the couch right. yeah, and right. cuddling on the couch and binge watching the Netflix and eating pizza is probably more comfortable. Is that more right. fun? No. When you went swimming and then you're in the flow state and you're being playful and you're connecting to the dogs, like, right. The- or you're forced to play pickleball with strangers. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not right. comfortable. If you asked me which yeah. I wanted to do five minutes before <laughs> right. the pickleball match, I wanted to be on the couch. Like I did yeah. not want to be playing pickleball. Once right. I was in the flow and connecting and laughing and being playful, I was like, yeah, all in. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's cool. the the other piece of we have this expectation that all of life has got to feel comfortable. Is so going, yeah, no, it's I really, truly love whoever this person was that came up with that thirds of. I know. You should be challenging yourself. You, We aren't meant, if I, I would always say to my coaching clients, like if right now all you're craving is a pina colada on an island somewhere, you just need a vacation or a nap or something else. Right. We aren't meant to live a life where we are just passively consuming, spectating. We are meant to get in the game. We are meant to participate. I love this. It, it's it's so much more important than my, what do I say? My kids had the bathing suit rule. So I think of my kids as like oh, the yeah. dogs. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that it, that it was, if you would wear your bathing suit and we would go 
to a pool or an ocean or whatever, if I didn't get in said body of water, they'd be like, what is the point of wearing your bathing suit? Like, right. you're no fun. You're supposed to get in. And I'm thinking the same thing. Well, it's cold. It's wet. I'm going to get my hair wet. I don't want right. to. And right. but they were like, life isn't about spectating. It is about participating. So I would go in the yeah. water and go, yeah, that was actually fun. Maybe it was cold. Maybe it was right. still, I was complaining through it, but we're having, are we having fun yet? Yeah, we yeah. are having fun. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, we could talk about this all day, all week, all month. I think it's a fantastic topic. I can't thank you enough for bringing it to us, your perspective and this like three piece from Catherine Price, like it's going to be part of my vocabulary as is booster shot is going to be part of my vocabulary. So my, to my clients out there, be prepared. I will be asking you what your booster shot is. And, um, I just can't thank you enough. Where can we find you and all of your good stuff? I will, I will put things in the show notes, of course, but, um, what, where can we find more of Lizzie? Thank you, Julie. So we, I, I'm Lizzie LaRock and my website is thelifefeast.com. And yeah, you can find me on, I'm on Instagram a lot, which I, I know some of your people aren't on there, but at Lizzie LaRock, if you are on there, because I love to make funny videos and bring in my brand of positive psychology, which includes a lot of humor. So, well, and the other thing I want to shout out is I think, um, what I've gotten a lot of value out of in, in addition to your marketing coaching, um, but has been the photography aspect and bringing photography and like using your iPhone and getting really just looking, I mean, it's going to be a pun and I'm not even sorry, but like looking through that lens at your life and, and finding more great things to, to record and to enjoy and all of that. So I think your Instagram also does a really pretty job of that also. Thank so thank you. Yes. I'm <laughs> big on creativity and this is, that's my brand of flow state as well of the, of living this fully engaged life is by participating by using your phone, as I like to say for good, rather than just passive scrolling yeah. <laughs> and parent despair and all the ways that we can use it to make ourselves Miserable. So that and pickleball. I guess you could maybe find that me on a pickleball ball, ball court. Who knew? If I've got Bob, the doubles partner from Chicago, I think. Go, Bob, go. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this. And uh, as I always tell all my listeners, and I hope it means even more this time, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Absolutely. Go out there and have some fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.